First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. The Bears just made like a really interesting big bet that because linebackers are being devalued mm-hmm. around the league it, and uh Teams aren't running as much. It's a passing league. It's more about coverage. Teams are in sub packages. You know, base formation now is three wide receivers. Four is totally normal, plus a tight end. Like, you know, so it's it's much more about, like, secondary guys uh, than linebackers. But they – and they traded away Roquan Smith. But right. then they paid Tremaine Edmonds. And it threw a bunch of us for a loop. And then they paired it with paying TJ Edwards – and then you started to look into it a little bit more. And it's like, those were pro football focus, like two of the top 10 coverage linebackers in the league with Tremaine Edmonds, like consistently in the top three, because he's got like this crazy long wingspan and like not a ton of sacks, not a ton, ton of fumbles, but just great coverage, great pass defense. I'm wondering like, what is the counterpunch? Like, are the Bears maybe right? Is it everybody on the field has to cover, but you can't get too small and just put 180-pound nickel corners out there? Well, yeah, that's the that's the struggle is like, okay, fine. We're going to just put a bunch of DBs out there and hope that we can cover the space. Cool. We'll run it for six yards of carry down your throat and demoralize you for four quarters. Like, that's – I do wonder if we're seeing a return to that. And I think it's why guys like Derrick Henry when teams like really commit like the Titans have can have these monster monster seasons because they're facing teams that are not used to that um the what's been like if you want the super nerdy version of this we did a podcast with Matt Ryan about two months ago like when they got announced at CBS we, we were able to get him on and he went into a ton of detail about how he saw defenses evolve over his career I'll leave that to Matt Ryan the the surface level version is what you started to see is a lot of zone match and like Fangio is, is the guy that kind of developed a lot of this. Like some of the stuff that Fangio did was with fronts to make things difficult and difficult to decipher for quarterbacks and for offensive lines when they were running it and also to align their pass protections. But it's like, okay, instead of just playing cover three, like we would imagine it on Madden with like the little bubbles and it's four underneath defenders and three over top. And it's like run to the spot in the middle of your bubble and then play defense from there defenses are trying to figure out okay based off of a bunch of information you're probably running this ball snapped yep okay we got you and we're going to communicate kind of a quasi man coverage from our zones and try to match the routes and again it's uh there's a coach in the the play caller series that Jordan did that uses uh <laughs> this phrase spatial darwinism which is incredible but it becomes this like spatial Darwinism, spatial warfare to close down the space. And what Matt said is to counter that. So now that we're at the, the counter of the counter is like, he stopped trying to figure out what coverage it was. So instead of like, it's cover three, I need to throw to this guy. It's like, I'm just going to read this defender. And if he goes here, I throw that way. If he goes there, I throw this way. And I don't even know what the coverage is after I made the throw. I just hope I, I read that defender right. And someone else didn't slide in and pick it off. And then I go on to the next down. And it wouldn't be until he got back to the sideline that he would know what coverage it was when he looked at the pictures. And even then, sometimes it was so amorphous that he didn't even know. He's like, whatever, we completed it, move on. And so it becomes this like very detailed, intricate way to play football that is 
you know, for those of us watching on the couch on Sunday, trying to watch on a TV copy, like good luck trying to have any real analysis of what's going on. Um, just enjoy it for what it is and, and know that there's a lot of thought that's going into all this stuff. Yeah, that is fascinating. How much, uh, like sometimes when I watch like the Chiefs and Mahomes and Kelsey, it's very, like, they're kind of just drawing it up in the huddle. Like it's a, it's a lot of like option routes mm-hmm. and they know each other so well and they know where it's going to go. Like I, I, I wonder how much of it is, like backyard football, like just draw it up, run to the empty space and I'm going to throw it to you. Cause football now is so much of it is like snap and throw because you can't really jam them at the line. It's not under center and seven step drops and like long developing routes. I wonder how much of it really is like you're saying on the defensive side, matchup zone on the offensive side, it's get off the line of scrimmage, find an empty space and sit down and then I'll throw it to you. No, I think there's a lot of that. And it's it's like this terrible loop of game theory. Like, okay, let's start off with man-to-man. Okay, if my guys are better than your guys, I want you to play man-to-man. You want to play zone. All right, so now you play zone. Well, okay, fine. Now I know you're playing zone, so I'm going to attack the empty spaces in the zone. Ha, okay, I have a, I have a solution for that. Well, I'm going to play this kind of quasi-man zone match situation. Right. Okay. Well, now you're basically back in man to man, and my guys are still better than your guys. And if I'm the Chiefs, like that's the, the case because I've got Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And so if you're Reed and Nagy, and obviously until this year, the enemy, who now hopefully will implement a lot of this stuff with a Terry McLaurin in Washington to bring it full circle, I'm trying to make sure that when you play this quasi zone matchy man thing defense that a lot of teams are playing now that I get Travis Kelsey matched up against the guy I want. And then fine, yeah, I'll run the option route and trust that you know the guys who have been playing together for five years going to Super Bowls or even longer than that are going to be on the same page and make the right read and you know easy, easy pickings. And there's also like games you play with alignments and things like that where you know if we get in a stack and we know, I'll even simplify it, right? A lot of teams automatically check defenses if it's a four wide receiver spread, right? And they're going to play quarters coverage because it's like, oh, well, there's a ton of speed on the field. It's all spread out. Let's play kind of the safest coverage that we can. Well, okay, now I know you've got quarter coverage. Let's attack that. Or I know that when we motion to a stack or a bunch, you're going to cover it this way. So how do I take advantage of that? Another quote from from the Play Caller series that I think it was from Kyle um, or no, it was actually from Andrew Whitworth, um, who obviously played under McVeigh with the Rams. And he said, what we actually want is the defense to play their defense perfectly. And this is kind of pre all this zone match stuff, because if you play it perfectly, we know exactly where you're going to be and we can take advantage. And so it's how do, how do we as an offense get you to do something where we know what it is and then we can take advantage of it or we make it so you have to do a lot of communicating and you screw up the communication and there's a huge coverage bust. And I think Kelsey gets a lot of great yards off that too, where it's you got him, you got him. I thought you got him. And you have two guys pointing at each other thinking they, the other should have had Travis Kelsey. And then the broadcast inevitably goes, well, you think, you know, if you're going to err on the side of caution, they both just tr- cover Travis Kelsey. It's good stuff. Uh, have you talked to the enemy? Haven't had the chance to very much would like to um, have gotten some great B enemy stories because Logan actually played for him at UCLA. Um, and then we have Maurice Jones drew who played for him uh, at UCLA as well on the show. So I feel like I know a decent amount about him, but haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. I want to know what like the off the record story is of like, cause it's a huge gamble to yeah. 
Andy Reid makes people head coaches, but he made everyone a head coach except Eric Bieniemy. but they had the most offensive success, but no one gave him credit. And there's institutional racism involved. Yes. But he goes to D.C. with a very unproven quarterback and a coach in his own right on the hot seat. Like, I, I would love to know what the off-the-record story is of, like, why he left now, why he left for Washington, or was Washington the only place that would take him? And then, like, that's, like, to get us, that's the past tense version of the story to get us to now. And I would also love to know, like, if Washington – if he couldn't get a job when the Chiefs were the number one offense, but he gets Washington to get be the 14th ranked offense in the NFL, does that get him a job? Like, like what is the the bar that he has to clear in DC to get a gig? Danny, I too would like to know all that information. Um, I can give you my best guess on a couple of things and give you a little insight. Like I, on, I know that was rambling, yeah. but like, but no, there, I know, mean, yeah, like, it, I don't know the answer, on right? The list for like prospective head coaches next year if Washington has a league average offense. I don't know the answer to that. I would think so, but I I mean, it's funny cuz I've pushed back on DC media people who have said this like, "Oh, if if they're any good, he'll get a head coaching job and be gone after a year." And I'm like, "What in the hell of the last 6 years or 7 years, 8 years makes you think that? Like this guy's interviewed more than anybody else pretty much in the league and he hasn't gotten one yet." So, and he said, you know, the number 1 offense in the league, how many times? How many rings he got? And he still can't get it. Um, but now if he's they're decent in Washington, like, ah, one-way ticket. And some there's definitely some truth to that because a lot of people give Andy the credit. And Andy deserves a ton of credit because Andy's great. Um, but he definitely, he being the enemy, was very, very involved. Um, I will relay one story that was told to me, you know, I, I'm on background, um, not off the record. Otherwise, I couldn't say it on the podcast. But like kind of on background um, from someone who works in the organization who has gotten to know the enemy. By the way, um, yeah. thank you for doing that correctly. You're welcome. Our our uh, journalism professors at Syracuse will be very proud of me. Well, it infuriates me how many <laughs> I, I I I have the I say this once every six weeks, I feel like on the show, because inevitably it comes up. Someone will say, like, you know, and I was told off the record, blah, 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 blah. It's like I'm you like, shouldn't say that then. You work for the Chicago Tribune. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, like off the, yeah. you could, there is, there is on the record, there is on the record, not for attribution. Yes. There's on background and then there's off the record. These are all different things. So go ahead. Yeah. At Newhouse SU, we get to keep our degrees. Um, so on, on background um, and this, and I'll add this, this, you know, important fact of who told me um, this was a black man. So I'm relaying the story of a black man telling me this about Eric Bieniemy, And he said, one of the things that I think really causes Eric problems in interviews is he doesn't code switch. Like Eric is a guy who, when I talked to him for the first time, I was blown away. He's one of the smartest people I've ever talked to about football, like absolutely blown away. Could not believe the conversation that they were having. Right. But I, he's like, why doesn't, this resonate with owners and he's like oh because like we're just two black dudes talking and like eric doesn't conjugate verbs in a quote-unquote proper aka white proper english way and these rich mostly white owners like they don't want that guy representing their organization again this is a story relayed to me of someone else's opinion i happen to agree with it i know some people in the audience will think that's ridiculous they just want to win games well then why has one of the best offensive minds in the whole freaking league not gotten a head coaching job when it seems like all anybody wants is a really energetic, 
really smart, really engaging, offensive mind.